This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Just click that. Yep. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you are here. A lot to talk about, including the latest Trump uh, cabinet position. We go there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Glad you're here. We have uh, your search for joy uh, coming up in just a minute. Um, This is the season of joy and um, what I am searching for, and I think what everybody is searching for, no matter what faith you are, no matter what walk of life you're from, everybody, I think, is looking for joy in their life, and they think they can fill it with all kinds of things. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a second. Speaking of filling things, uh, President-elect Trump is looking at his cabinet and filling his, uh, his cabinet, checking his list, uh, making his list and checking it twice. Next week, he's supposed to make the Secretary of State decision, right? Correct, yes. That's what we expect, at least, uh, yeah. next week. Yep. How much of this do you think is Donald Trump being a showman? The suspense. Uh, Have you ever seen the hundred percent? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never seen the the twenty four hour stakeout of the elevators. I actually don't mind this either. I don't either. I think it's it's kind of a, you know, you kind of like the the rollout of it, so it's not everyone can kind of like take a breath and look at each person as they come out. I actually don't mind the way he's releasing these, Um, and so he's going to release. Kind of like it. Yeah. It's like you, you get a little bit of time to like examine each one. It's not like a big batch of, you know, 12 people at the same time. He's then, rolling them out slowly and it's saving the drama to the end. I mean, right, yeah, that's yeah, what you'd expect from a yes. guy from a reality show, right? Like, that's his, his background right. is in entertainment. And I think, I don't think he's seriously sitting around thinking, well, there's still 12 people and I'm not sure which one to pick. I'm sure he has it down to the last couple. And, yeah. he, you know, maybe he still hasn't made a final decision, but I'm sure he has a right. good idea. It's really exciting. These, the, the next four seasons of the United States of America should be <laughs> exciting. Really, really exciting um, because he knows how to draw out the I, suspense. I Honestly, I thought he was going to pick his vice president like the apprentice, just have the VP apprentice. I was ready for that. He's kind of doing that now with his cabinet. He's letting, he's showing everybody who's there and then he's letting everybody talk about it. You know, yeah. they used to trial balloons. Oh, he's got a trial. He was just throwing that one out there to see what. Now it's everybody who walks through his elevator, <laughs> you know. You can't even walk down the street. I, 
I would not want to live in Trump Tower. No. No way. Oh, my gosh. I mean, can you imagine that? Oh, I have to get to the cat lady story today. Yeah, you do. I have to get to the cat lady story. The cat lady right. is that, that woman, um, I can't remember her name now, but she's the woman who had all that plastic surgery to make yeah. herself look like a cat. Because her husband liked cats? Yes, and he wasn't paying attention to her, and uh, so she thought, if I look more cat-like... Uh, maybe he'll pay attention to me, and she made herself look like a cat. Even didn't, did, didn't really work. Um, no, and she's she didn't a little horrifying too. right yeah. now. She, well, she, she looks like a cat, yeah, like an she, old cat. Yeah, like a 70-year-old cat. <laughs> and cats don't last to 70, right. so you can imagine uh, the beauty. Look, yeah. uh, so she, is, uh, she lives in Trump Tower, and uh, the police were called to Trump Tower. Imagine uh, because of a domestic dispute, and she is, uh, her boyfriend is some fashion designer, uh, and, um, you know, they just love each other. Uh, you know, she has $2 billion, and he doesn't, but he just loves her and thinks she's beautiful. Mm. And um, she apparently is, in her old age, now, I guess this is his story, she's starting to lose touch with reality and her anger, and um, she said that uh, he wasn't um, paying attention to her. And he was like, I think, on the, you know, on his Facebook page or something like that. And she was talking. And so she she took his laptop from him or something and started to, you know, hit him with it. And then he. Oh, that's what cats do. Right. And then she and then she took out her claws and she the pictures of his face. Did she really uh, claw? She clawed him. Ooh. Uh, and he hid in a closet um, and held the closet door closed and called police with his cell phone. And they came and hauled her away and she went to jail. And they're not sure, he may not press charges because uh, she has two billion, because he loves her. <laughs> and, um, and he uh-huh. thinks that, you know, uh-huh. he's not sure if he's going to press charges. So okay, that's nice. It's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. Beautiful story. So anyway... Donald Trump just appointed as Commerce Secretary? No. Uh, this is National Economic Council Director. Yeah, National Eco- Economic Council Director. Um, yep, it's uh, Gary Cohn. He's the president and COO of Goldman Sachs. Oh, my gosh. The He's most what, evil sorry, company on the face of the planet? President and COO of Goldman Sachs. So yeah. he didn't just work there. Right. Like Steve Bannon, for example, who worked yeah. there. Right, um, right. He was just a you know a, a, a normal worker bee over at Goldman Sachs. Uh, right. This guy was the president and COO, of course, and it's also different than um, uh, um, Mnuchin. Uh, Mnuchin, right? That's how you pronounce it. Um, the guy who uh, is now Secretary of Treasury, and he also um, which was, was also he was the uh, executive also at Goldman Sachs. Now, Goldman Sachs. In the end, Goldman Sachs. Always wins. And it, <laughs> they're the ones that win. Yeah. But really, yeah, I mean, Goldman Sachs is where you find a lot of financial wizards. Right? I have no problem. You, so you would think if, you, if you're talking to economics, I have you a, go to the place where they've got some experts. Right. I don't have a problem with it. However, uh, my wait, 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 wait. Trump people had a problem with it during no, the No, they did not. No, they did not. Mm. Okay, yes. Didn't they have a problem with they it? They surrounded Heidi Cruz on the convention and floor. And me, do, do you remember the, the encounter with poor Ted? Uh, oh, I was there. Jack, that. We know your wife works there. 
rich people where's who your buy politicians. Where's your Goldman Sachs jacket at? We know your wife works there. Actually, people <laughs> who your buy politicians. Where's your Goldman Sachs jacket at? We know your wife works there. Actually, I mean, over this, and over and over. This guy who is, I mean, you know, is such a douche to Ted Cruz throughout this entire thing, yelling, are you Canadian? Like, he's that guy, right? At this entire exchange, it became kind of famous during the campaign because Cruz handled it very well. He yeah. sat there and and was very calm with the guy and tried to be reasons, reasoned despite the fact that he kept yelling dumb things like this. And there is, I have to admit, something incredibly charming about the fact that what, what are people like this guy thinking today? He's out there yes. uh, busting his butt for Donald Trump to, to stand in the face of a presidential candidate who's trying to talk to him honestly and yell back at him, where's your Goldman Sachs jacket at? I know your wife works there. And then Trump, as soon as he gets the power with his votes, goes and names like 97 Goldman Sachs people to hugely important positions. It's, it's, there's something, there's something charming. I can there's guarantee a, a you, I can guarantee you mm. that guy today mm-hmm. is saying, well, it's not all of Goldman Sachs people. It's just the wrong Goldman Sachs people. And Trump is As keeping his enemies close, and he knows which people to pick. It's, 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 it's fine. I mean, now, I can guarantee you that is of course happening. Is. Now, of course. it is because you have to be reasonable. You have to now say, well, it's not Goldman Sachs. It's the wrong people from Goldman Sachs, which... It always is that way. Of course, I have no. Pro- I mean, I have no problem with them naming people from Goldman Sachs. They're, that's what they want to know. They who work, they work there because they're good at what they do. Yes. Right. Uh, but when you have, I mean, you know, if, if you're an architect, which I believe one of the people that he appointed, I think it's the Treasury Secretary, was one of the architects of the CDO thing. But if you are an architect of, you know, the scams that are going on, then I got a problem. Mm-hmm. I have a real problem with you. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a banker at Goldman Sachs, you know, do I like, I don't know, Citibank? No. I have a problem with some of the executives at Citibank. I don't have a problem with the person who's working in the home loan department in the, my local Citibank. And, you know, Heidi Cruz was not running uh, Goldman Sachs. You know, right. she was she, she wasn't the CEO. No, she was not COO. She was not yeah. president. She was not a highly placed executive. She did work there, though. She worked there. Where's um, where's where's Donald Trump's Goldman Sachs jacket? I, <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, if if anything mattered, that would be a real thing. But again, like it's funny because Trump's appointments, some of them I've really disagreed with, honestly. However, some are most good. of the things he's let down his voters, I think, almost completely with these picks, usually, though, towards the direction that I like. So I'm not really complaining all that much. I mean, if you were a guy who came out and wanted no Goldman Sachs people, you got tons of them. If you wanted people who wanted someone who was going to protect American jobs and, and, and avoid you know, a nationalist perspective on, uh, on labor, you got a guy who came out and he was the CEO of Hardee's and Carl's Jr., which, by the way, of course, an excellent restaurant, uh, two of them. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, and you got a guy who said, we should automate all these jobs because the, you know, those American work, those workers won't sue you when they're automated and they're robots. Uh, they're not going to, you don't have to worry about them. They show up every day. They're always pleasant. They always upsell. They do everything I ask them to do. It's exactly what the CEO of carrier said he was going to do with the money, um, that, uh, Trump and Pence negotiated to give him. Mm-hmm. Carrier said that we're going to automate, automate because we know these guys will, we know the robots will show up. 
and they'll like their job and they won't be a problem. I mean, this guy ran on drain the swamp and then uh, appointed Mitch McConnell's wife to a vital role. These are not like Elaine Chow is actually is much better than Mitch McConnell in, in every way. I uh, think, but again, wouldn't that be disappointing to you I if you think, actually cared? I think the majority of people that voted for Donald Trump um, trust him because he's the apprentice, trust him to do the right thing and surround himself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And they're not the ideologues of the alt-right that the media wants to paint them. Um, they're, they're, they're not the ideologue that Donald Trump was trying to say he was. Remember, they didn't take him literally. So I don't think the vast majority of it's Trump supporters feel this way. I, oh, think, I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think the, I think that small subsection do feel that way. However, I will and, say. And it's small. You're, you're referencing the Selena Zito. If you take the, don't take Trump literally. His opponents took him literally, not seriously. His supporters took him seriously, not literally. There's a difference between taking him seriously and him doing the exact opposite thing he was promising. Mm-hmm. Now, we, like, when you say, I, oh, I took him literally. Well, when he said I was going to build a 50-foot wall, maybe they took it as, well, he's going to be tough on the border. Mm-hmm. OK, that's, that's you know, you know maybe he's not going to build a 50 foot wall, but he's going to be tough on the border. I understand that this is I'm going to not I, I, Goldman Sachs is the enemy. You shouldn't vote for Ted Cruz because of Goldman Sachs. By the way, all these people from Goldman Sachs are my appointees. But I'm going to protect workers because we have to keep all these jobs here and all these companies that are automating jobs and sending them overseas. They're awful. By the way, the guy I'm putting for the labor secretary is the guy who is going to automate the jobs. I want to drain the swamp. We got to drain the swamp. By the way, the person I'm putting in is Mitch McConnell's wife. These are not like, oh, slight differences. We mistakenly took him uh, literally on something. This is him doing the exact opposite thing he promised in the campaign. By the way, all of those differences are differences I think are good differences. And I'm glad he's let the people down. Most of them, at least. I could certainly say with with the Hardys guy. Yeah, I'm happy with the I don't have any necessarily problems with the individuals uh, from Goldman Sachs, with the exception of Bannon, who I, I'm, I'm not a fan of. And Elaine Chao is it was actually pretty good in the Bush administration. But I mean, so I'm not it's 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 not right to say, oh, well, she's Mitch McConnell's wife. Therefore, uh, and she was in the Bush administration. Therefore, you know, she's bad. She actually did, I think, a pretty good job. But she's absolutely a thousand percent establishment. Right. She is. The swamp that he said he was going to drain. And, you know, when you come out and you make those promises and you get the exact opposite before he's moved into the house, it's a little disconcerting, I would think, for some of his supporters. No, because. Yeah, but Trump. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. I got to go to Roy, who's got a very important question on line three. Roy, uh, quickly, what's what's your question? Line three, please. Yeah, there it is. Roy, go uh, ahead. What's your question? Hey, hey um, Glenn, just a quick question about the cat lady they arrested. Did yeah. they actually take her to jail or the Humane Society? <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure, so I'll look into that. Thank you very much, Roy. Our sponsor right. this half hour, Simply Safe. <laughs> Simply Safe changed the home security industry. They took an antiquated, expensive industry and turned it upside down, and they created a system that is wireless with no long-term contracts. Monitoring is $15 a month. And right now, for a limited time, you get $200 off Simply Safe's Defender package. Now, this is what this has. It has 17 security sensors for your windows and your doors. It has a panic button. It has a blaring siren to scare off anybody who opens a door or window when you don't want them to. It has 
a wireless connection to the police that will dispatch the police the minute something happens. And the monthly monitoring is $15 a month. And there's no long-term contract. Now, if you act right now, you can get $200 off this package, which makes this package to secure your home $399. That is, I mean, that is just, that's an unheard of amount to be able to defend your home. Go find out about it right now at simplysafebeck.com. The offer ends soon. Simplysafebeck.com. $200 off your Defender Security Package. Simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Gloria, 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 we talk about that coming up in uh, just a second. Let me go to uh, Mark in West Virginia. Hello, Mark. You're on the Glenbeck program. Good morning. Um, How are you? I just was wanting to call to thank you for the immortal Nicholas story. I have uh, five grandkids, and I've struggled a little bit with teaching the true meaning of Christmas, and this book has helped me immensely. I've been able to bring Jesus into the magic of Christmas from the eyes of my grandkids, and, and it's just been a true blessing. So thank that you so much. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. Second call like that today. Thank you so much. Um, uh, how old are your grandkids? Did you read eight? it to them? Yes. Well, I've yeah. read the old, to the oldest one. She's eight. And what's neat is we read the book, and when we got done, she goes, I want to read it again. So we're oh going gosh, through it a second great. time. Great. So, that is so, great. I just wanted to thank you. It's, it's, it's a great story, and, and I've been searching for that mechanism for a good while, and, and it too. just worked perfect. Me too. Thank you very much, Mark. If anybody's thank struggling, you God bless. thank you, of, of having to bridge the gap between Santa and Christ and trying to make Santa a beacon for Christ, The Immortal Nicholas. I published it last year, and it's a, it's a great book. I just love this story. Um, Keith in New York. Hello, Keith. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? Very good. Um, I just wanted to say I, I, I've been watching you for about a little less than a year now. I'm a pretty big fan, and um, I just finished reading Liar, and I just want to say thank you for writing it because it's really blessed me in a profound way. And I think people on the left and the right really both need to read this book. Um, I did have a question, though. Um, I wanted to ask what kind of advice you would give to a conservative who is looking to get into public office and really make a difference in, in a positive way. 
Don't. You know, the first thing you have to do, Keith, is uh, know yourself. Um, you know, I had a billionaire said to me, say to me one time, he said, Glenn, how much, how much is enough? And I said, I don't know. And he said, before you really get farther in your journey, you better decide. He said, because everybody that I've ever known, he said, they can never answer that question and they end up destroying themselves because, uh, they've never sat, uh, uh, they've never said, this is where I don't need anymore. And um, I found that really good advice. And I think in the same way, Keith, you have to say, um, uh, what is enough? What is, what is the goal? Uh, and, and, um, and, and, and how far are you willing to bend to be able to make that goal happen? Hopefully not very far, but politics will make you bend. And, um, and if, if you can set those and write them, and are you married? No, I'm not married. Okay, first thing you need to do is go find yourself the strongest woman you could possibly find. Go find yourself a mental and, more importantly, spiritual giant. Um, most importantly, spiritual giant. Um, if, if you can find a spiritual giant to stand by your side and you really define who you are, what your limits are, what you want to accomplish, um, and then keep it in front of you the whole time, you might be able to make it. But start with finding yourself the most amazing spouse, somebody that makes you want to be better and somebody that you want to be more like. That will help you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. you to somebody Douglas Abrams he is um, he's an author and editor he is he works with people um, who are, um, are are trying to create a wiser and and better world um, and he has um, was allowed to spend time with two men who are both in their 80s and have a very interesting perspective. If I said to you, losing what was most valuable to me, losing my country was the best thing that ever happened to me, you would say, excuse me? How could you find joy in that? You know the best thing that could ever happen to you? Going to prison. I'm sorry, what? Two people with extraordinary, extraordinary vision, 
um, uh, when it comes to finding inner peace and, and joy. Um, I had the opportunity to meet one of them, and it was, uh, it was a, 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 a surreal experience. One of the men that he was allowed to spend time with was the Dalai Lama, and the other is Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and the book is The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Doug Abrams, welcome to the program, Doug. How are you? Great to be here, Glenn. Thanks so much. So, Doug, um, let, let's start with losing my country is perhaps the thing that set me free. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, extraordinary moment. We had a week together in Dharamsala, India, with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Who Which, by the, the way, if anybody doesn't know, that's like way in the... It's like a, what is it, a 15-hour drive to the closest airport. It's like way out of the way, is it not? It's, it's in, the, in the foothills of the Himalayas uh, in the northern India. Obviously, as uh, many of your listeners know, the Dalai Lama... Uh, had to flee Tibet because the Chinese invaded, and um, this is his home in exile, where we were. We had the privilege of spending this week, and uh, these two men, uh, in addition to being global icons and moral leaders for the world, are actually really dear friends and love each other and tease each other. And it, it's kind of extraordinary to see these two men who are so revered kind of laughing with each other and, and teasing each other. And so at one point, you know, Archbishop Tutu, you know, we were talking about what allows us to have joy in our lives, even in the face of adversity, in the face of a world filled with suffering. And Archbishop Tutu turned to the Dalai Lama and he said, why are you not morose? You know, you've been run out of your country. And, you know, the Dalai Lama didn't know what the word morose was. So he turns to his translator and Archbishop Tutu says, sad. Why are you not sad? You've, everything that you love has been taken away from you. And the Dalai Lama turned to him and he said, you know, I tried to step back and take a wider perspective and see that, yes, all of this suffering has happened. But if I had stayed in Tibet, I would never have been able to have the life that I had. I would never have been able to meet all the people that I've met. I never would have met you. Um, and he was able to shift his perspective and see that even in the face of great suffering that he and his people have experienced, he has had a much richer life than he would have had in what he called his gilded cage, uh, being the holy Dalai Lama, as he said, in Tibet. Um, and then they started cackling and giggling about how, you know, they, you know, he probably wouldn't have won the Nobel Peace Prize, and here these two guys who've won the Nobel Peace Prize are, are joking about these supposedly amazing awards that they've gotten as if, you know, they were, you know, kind of peripheral and funny. Um, but this was the, the whole week together was filled with these kind of counterintuitive insights about how deeply connected joy and sorrow are and um, how, in fact, it's through the adversity that we discover our joy and our fulfillment. So, so Doug, I... This is something that my father taught me. Um, I was whining about my life. I'm a recovering alcoholic, and this is 20-some years ago, and I was whining about my life. And, mm -hmm. and my dad, who is a, a baker, um, uh, was listening to me whine to him on the phone, and he said, you know, son, I got, I've got to pull some bread out of the oven. Can I, can I, you call me tonight. Make a list of all of these things, because, boy, you have suffered so much. Uh, why, don't you, 
why don't you uh, call me back tonight? I called him back within 10 minutes because the first thing that was on my list was my mother's death. And then I don't remember what was on my list. I got to three or four and I was like, now, wait a minute, hang on just a second. Well, if, if that wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And then I went back up to the list. And I got all the way to my mother, you know, when I, when I was a teenager dying. And I thought, well, that, that wasn't that. I mean, yes, that was tragic, but that, would, that caused all these other things that have put me in a position to X, Y, Z. I called my father back, and he picked up the phone, and I said, you don't have any bread in the oven at all, do you? And he just laughed, and he said, wow, you're faster than I thought. Um, uh, But we are now living in a society that is trying to take away, is trying to say, life is painless. If you fail in business, don't worry, we'll bail you out. If, you know, um, let's have uh, safe zones, et cetera, et cetera. We do have to try to be better to each other. We do try to have to help one another. But there is something huge. Don't take away my right to well, to 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 fail or to learn from suffering. Well, this is a really good point because I mean you even see it with, you know, playgrounds were taking away swings because, you know, kids could get hurt. Um and I think, you know, one of the things that they remind us is that it is actually the the adversity that we face, the suffering we go through. And, you know, speaking as a parent of three kids, you yeah. know, we want to save our children from suffering. Yes, we want we to, pro- you know, keep them safe. We want to protect them. But it's actually that suffering, that hardship that they go through that helps burnish their character and make them the people that they are. You know, when we kind of, you know, put, rub, you know wrap them in bubble wrap and protect them from life, um, thinking that we're doing the best thing, we're actually robbing them of their capacity not only to grow and to learn, but I think what they would say is to appreciate life in such a way that allows it to, to be richer and more joyful. There are story, uh, story after story, and it depends on how you tell the story. For instance, Schindler's List, powerful, never cried more than in Schindler's List, until I saw life is beautiful. Same story. Mm-hmm. One concentrates on the horror and the other concentrates on how these people lived in such a beautiful world uh, inside of that horror because of the way they chose to live. Almost impossible to see yourself getting there. What is the secret of getting there? Well, you you mentioned uh, Schindler's List. I, I also have the privilege of working with this extraordinary woman um, named Edith Eva Eager, who uh, is 90 years old and is an Auschwitz survivor. And she's an incredible psychologist, and she was working with the military. She worked a lot with the military on PTSD. And she went in uh, to work with these two soldiers back-to-back, and both of them had lost their legs in combat. And the first one was kind of, was, you know, knotted up on the bed in, you know, cursing God and country, and, you know, just revile, you know, just furious about what had happened, and understandably so. The next guy that she goes in to see uh, is in his wheelchair. He says to her, you know, I feel like I've been given a new lease on life. I'm able to look my children in the eye. I'm still here with them. I never noticed, you know, how beautiful the flowers in the garden are. I mean, you know, it's this focus on perspective. Now, look, you know, this is not to tell people that, you know, suffering is easy and or to be Pollyannish or to just say, you know, we just have to look at the glasses half full. 
or to even say even say flog yourself because you'll be right. No, 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 I don't think we're we're saying that at all. (laughs) But we're saying that you know there. So the the book of joy. One of the things that they talk about are these eight pillars of joy in the book of joy. That they feel you know they say you know you can't run after happiness as Archbishop Tutu says. That's the fastest way to miss the bus if you're just kind of running after it for your and trying to pursue it but if you cultivate these eight pillars of joy one of which is perspective you're much more likely to experience more joy in your life what are the eight pillars so there are four pillars of the mind and four pillars of the heart the four pillars of the mind are perspective humility humor which is crucial for them and for life being able to laugh at ourselves and at life and acceptance those are the four pillars of the mind the four pillars of the heart are forgiveness gratitude compassion and generosity um and you know in the book of joy you know they they it's kind of three different parts um we the first part of our dialogue was to understand the nature of joy because you know, there really are only four fundamental human emotions. There's fear, anger, sadness, and joy, according to the scientists, which they wanted us to bring in. So really, when we're talking about joy, we're talking about everything that we hang a satisfying and meaningful life on, and in fact, how we deal with the other three profound human emotions of fear, anger, and sadness. And then we actually, in part two, we looked at the obstacles to joy together and looked at things like fear, sadness, anger, illness, fear of death, all the things that uh, kind of rob us of our joy. And then we explored the eight pillars together. And it was incredible. I mean, you know, the dialogue was amazing. But, you know, what we tried to do is actually bring readers on that journey, because it was an incredible week together, not just filled with so much laughter and tears and incredible stories that they were sharing but we also got to the the dalai lama taught us to meditate archbishop tutu gave the dalai lama communion uh the dalai lama danced for the first time in his life um because you know archbishop tutu in his irrepressible african boogie got him up to dance um it was just it was pretty magical I will tell you, I spent, I was lucky enough to spend about eight hours with um, Billy Graham about five years ago. And um, everything that you're talking about, um, I saw from him. And it's, there's something to a man who has tried to pursue a spiritual, decent, God-fearing life his whole life. Um, and, and then is in his 80s. Um, they, they just have a different look to them. You just look them in the eye and they, they are full of joy. They don't have fear because they, they just know. They just know what they know. Um, and the acceptance and love of people who are vastly different than them is, is humbling, very humbling. It's really, it's so true. I, when I was at HarperCollins, we worked with, with Billy Graham, and um, I just, I do think you see it in all of these great spiritual uh, teachers. Um, but I think one of the things that's so extraordinary was that they shared their humanity with us in a way yeah. that was not saying, okay, we're these vaunted, um, you know, special spiritual guys. They were, we are yeah, these human yeah. beings who are on the path 
with you. And as yeah. Archbishop Tutu said, we are all masterpieces in the making. You know, yeah. we are all on this path, and sometimes we fall, and sometimes we, you know, have bad days, and sometimes we lose our tempers at our our wife, as I did last night. You know, we all, you know, we all go there, um, but we're all on this. Uh, you know, we're all on this path of trying to be the best people that we can be and to grow and learn in our lives. Um, and they, you know, what we wanted to try to do, as you said, you know, for these two men who are in their 80s, to try to bottle what is it about these two people who are two of the most joyous people on the planet who have experienced such incredible adversity and suffering in their lives and still are able to hold on to that that quality of joy. Doug Abrams, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again tonight. And in the season of joy, I wish you lots of joy. Uh, the, you too, Glenn. Thank, thank you so you. much. You bet. The name of the book is The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Um, everything that he just said about the eight pillars is um, is exactly what I saw in Billy Graham. Exactly what I saw in Billy Graham. And it was humility and his humanness as well. His, his taking me by the hand and saying with tears in his eyes, I failed so many times in my life. I failed, but I tried my hardest. Um, was... Oh my gosh, you are, you're, you're just like me. And that is, there's something special about seeing that from uh, somebody the size of these giants. Know somebody who's looking for joy, the book of joy, the book of joy. Um, our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. Third quarter, the productivity in the U.S. saw a second consecutive quarterly decline. The first two-quarter decline in the U.S. production uh, since 1993. The media wants to believe the economy is fine because the president is still uh, Barack Obama. I'm telling you right now, the minute January 20th happens, you're going to start seeing all of these things. You'll see all the stats that they didn't pay attention to. And they're going to start talking the economy down and... You better be prepared. Please call Goldline and find out if gold or silver is right for you. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Beck program. Well, here we go on a beautiful weekend to go out and go shopping. And, um, you know, there's, there's one thing that you can do, talking about joy, there's one thing you can do, and that is you can go find somebody that maybe is in your neighborhood that... Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't, you know, doesn't get off. Maybe there's an old person in your neighborhood that doesn't get out very often, somebody who is handicapped or whatever that just, you know, is not able to get out and go shopping. And um, go find them. Go search for them. Bring your family, bring your kids with them and make it a great um, weekend shopping with them. They, They will feel good. 
your kids will learn a lesson, and you're going to get the greatest parking space ever. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.